What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you know, I am Brandon Janu, and this is a new episode of Wrestling Life. So, like always, man, go to podcast platforms everywhere, all audio platforms, man. Just listen to it. If they got reviews, review it, man. Give some stars, do some things to it, man. All podcast platforms, man. I really appreciate it. Shout out to everybody that's on my YouTube channel that subscribed, that's viewing it. Appreciate the new subscribers. Uh, Brandon Janu Show is the YouTube channel, so go there. And follow, subscribe, man, to, to there. Um, and also on social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Brandon Janu Show. So I hope you guys enjoy this. And like I said earlier, this is Wrestling Life. So I'm going to do a special Wrestling Life, man. Yeah, Raw was last night. And I'm gonna, and Raw was incredible. And it was awesome. Uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor's rivalry is finally heating up. Vince McMahon actually made a call last night that was pretty fucking interesting. He actually made a call, and this is, this is, okay, so reports are saying that Triple H wanted Johnny Gargano to to be in the open challenge for Seth, but he didn't want him to come back and lose immediately to Seth, which is understandable, so I get that, but then you hear also that Vince is the one that thought about opening Raw with Finn Balor coming out and jumping Seth Rollins, and... Either way it goes, that was a great call, regardless of who the fuck it was. Because Finn needs heat. Finn needs the heat that dominant guys are the least the popularity that Rhea has. You need the heat. You need it. Um, but Raw was pretty good last night, man. I, I actually enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the last two Raws have not been bad. I'm not going to lie. Like, the last two Raws have not been fucking bad. They have actually been really good. Really stand out Raws. Um, let's get into it. So this is a very special episode, man. Um, the bloodline has ended. Well, kind of. It's still a bloodline, but the Usos are officially out of it. They've officially chose their place in this world, and it's not with Roman Reigns. <laughs> let's talk about it. Friday night, it happened. The kick around the world, the kick in the wrestling world, I should say, Jay Uso finally decided to say fuck you to Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's pretty much what he did. It's like, fuck you. Did... Now, I totally agree with everybody that says, man, I wish this was at a pay-per-view. But I actually like the fact that they did it on SmackDown because I think the abuse started on SmackDown it had to end on SmackDown. When Roman started manipulating Jay, it started on SmackDown. So the bloodline started on SmackDown. Um, man, it was a great, it was a great situation, man. Um, to watch them too. Uh, to watch that segment Friday, and it was a like a thirty minute fucking segment. They literally gave it thirty fucking minutes to just go out there and do it. That is when you know you have a storyline that is so over. That it does not matter what you do, it's going to prevail. It's going to be the moment of the show. It, I've never, yo, I haven't, I can't even say even in the Attitude Era, I can remember when a promo segment ends the show. I can't remember when the last time a promo promo segment ends the show. Bloodline segments end the show. It don't matter if you're fighting. If they're fighting or if they're just in the ring doing promos, 
they end the show. And it's like, that is what it is. Jay kicking Roman on Friday Night SmackDown, putting an end to the Usos being a part of the bloodline, is a moment to be said. And it's a moment to be seen. Now, Money in the Bank is officially coming. And it's official that it will be the Usos versus pretty much the blood, the remaining bloodline, which is Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa. I've been a very, very, very um, component on how this is going to probably end. I mean, there's been so many people's takes on it, how this should end. How should Solo now see Roman? And I think it's already being planted. It's been planted. Solo's going to eventually turn on Roman. You just don't know when. Me, personally, I think he's going to have a WrestleMania, WrestleMania. I think Roman's going to, you know, Solo's going to end up somehow in a title picture situation where Roman's going to feel like now either Solo go take care of Seth or he's going to come at him. So I don't know how, to, uh, how that particular is going to you know, play out. But Solo's got to feel like Roman's trying to use him. And when Solo finally used, feels that way, that's when he turns on Roman. My thing about this whole situation, the storyline of the bloodline is so damn good. I hate to, I, I, I'm going to hate when it ends. I really am. I can't believe, like, for three years, a fucking storyline has had me hooked. Not really three years. The beginning of the storyline, the beginning of the bloodline, when Roman and Jay started fighting, then when Jimmy got into the, came back and got in the picture. For that little that little moment, and then they kind of like fell the fuck off. We forget that like it was like six months of not knowing what the fuck this was. And then Sammy, and then Triple H took over, and Sami Zayn got in the bloodline storyline, and that's what made this shit really hit another gear. And my biggest thing with this was I don't know how Roman and the, how this is going to sustain after WrestleMania 39, and it has figured they figured this shit out. They have made this one of the best storylines in WWE history. I don't know where you go from. From I, I, I've said this numerous times. The best thing you can do for WWE is to have Cody Rhodes have a clean path and Roman Reigns have the worst situations, because then it will create the 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 anomaly that oh wow Cody actually had a cleaner path. Because let's put into perspective of last year, Roman didn't. Roman had a fucked up path, but so did but Cody did. So you're doing the same story kind of again. And here's the thing. I get people, I know people will sit up here and say, Jay should dethrone Roman. Jay, I have a problem with that. Jay is not going to beat Roman for the title. What I do think is the conversation a tribal chief should be up for grabs. Because what if Roman does drop the title, but it's not to a bloodline member. It's actually just to Cody. He drops the titles. He drops the title to Cody. And now the now the family can actually say, Roman, you dropped the titles. Something that you kept saying, If I'm the, while I am the champion, I am the head of the table. I am the tribal chief. I need this to provide for the family. I need this to be the tribal chief. Now that if he drops the titles, that becomes a conversation again. But now it's like, who takes the mantle? You're already starting to put Jey Uso is going to be the tribal chief in there. But what if Solo becomes the tribal chief? What if Jimmy wants to be tribal chief? Now we're having a different conversation. And that is what I think you should do after WrestleMania. You should have a fatal four-way for the tribal chief. Because now Roman doesn't have the titles and he doesn't have the mystique of being the tribal chief. So what happens? I think 
that is really what I think should go you should go into is a fatal four way to be the tribal chief. And I think that would be so dope. That would be so dope. The storyline of the tribe bloodline, what is it? I, I've said this numerous times. The bloodline storyline never needed the rock. It never needed the rock. People wanted to throw the rock out there so much. It never needed the rock. It just needed to progress the story better. After Sammy got kicked out, you had to make the story actually make sense. For me, and I've been invested, and it's it's been great. But I never felt like the storyline needed the rock. All in all, man, I think the Bloodline storyline is going to go down. It's one of the greatest storylines in modern wrestling freaking history, man. It's, it's, it's top-tier greatness. It's one of the greatest storylines of all time. It's actually better than Stone Cold and The Rock. It's better than Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon. It actually has progressed, and it actually has made top superstars. Something a lot of storylines don't do. You see, back when Vince, back when Vince ran the company, they would have a storyline. It would be great, and then the next, and then the person that was in the storyline, would go on their own and fade immediately. Two weeks later, they're back to being a jobber. Nobody gives a fuck. But pay attention to the storyline. This is why the storyline is so great. It's because Sammy is still getting pops. Sammy's still a top face. He might not be a part of it like he used to be, but he's still a top face. Kevin Owens, by proxy, is getting top face pops. That's just what it is. When Jimmy turned on Roman, he started becoming a face. The Usos been heels for like five, six years before they even got in the bloodline story. Like three years. They've been hit like the like they've been heels. Like before the pandemic. They were hills. So, for them to be now, and then Jimmy turns, and then now Jake. So, to have three faces come, four, four, four top-tier faces off of one storyline because they turned on one person. That's crazy. Technically, three people turned on Roman. But one person by proxy. That's crazy. That's nuts. You have four top faces in a company off of one hill. That's some NWO shit. That's some NWO shit. Just because you didn't join the NWO, you were a top face. You turn on Rome and you become the biggest face of the company. That's crazy. That's nuts. Like, the, I just realized that. The bloodline storyline is so great because you actually have made people faces. Top faces. Big names. Baby faces. If you don't know what I mean by that, baby faces, I'm talking about they're, they're good guys. They became really good guys in the company. And you made three, four, technically, Kevin Owens. Four top faces off of one storyline in three fucking years. That is crazy. Sammy and Kevin are still getting crazy pops. Still. Jimmy and Jay are going to get amazing, massive pops. Friday, when they go to London, when this ends. 
That's crazy. And there were solo turns. You are not going to only have a person that just turned face. You're going to have a person that is now a bona fide superstar. Something that only Sammy and Jay can say. Jay's a bona fide superstar now. Jay has officially became the guy. He can become the top face in the company. Let's be real. Jay can become the top face in the company. But he doesn't need the belt to do it. I don't give a shit what nobody say. Jay does not need the belt to become the top face in the company. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. All in all, man, a bloodline storyline is of NWA support. Importance. It is the best story. That's why I think we love it so much. Because it's like the NWO without all this extra shit. It literally was blood leading the leading the lead, like leading the entire story. It wasn't all these random ass people jumping in. You had the cousin, who was the head of the head of the table. You had his, his pretty much his little cousins doing his dirty work, and then you had somebody that is literally the closest thing to blood, telling you why they're so great. And Paul Ham, that is literally history. And then you had one person that literally was just attached and got hot by proxy and then became a massive star like Sami Zayn, which prolonged and became, because he had a storyline going on with Kevin Owens, he became hot because of Bob Proxy. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Bloodline storyline is the greatest, one of the greatest storylines of all time. In wrestling history, that shit is hard to find. Three years of a story being told, and guess what? The story is not over. That's the crazy part. It ain't even over yet. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's a good storyline. I am Brand Janu. This is Wrestling Life. And I'm out. Peace.